All right. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Learning Tech Talks, where we're exploring the landscape of learning tech while cutting through the fluff and answering the questions you need answered to make the right decisions when building your digital learning ecosystem. Today, I'm joined by Aaron Alpert and Paul Meyer from Simple Show, and we're going to be talking about taking complex concepts and simplifying them into compelling and easy to follow animated stories. So for those of you joining us live, give us a thumbs up, share the post, tag in somebody who'd benefit from the conversation. And uh, as we're getting started here, I am joining from the lovely Waukesha, Wisconsin. Again, very balmy in the 50s today. Uh, and, and my guests here are from Miami, correct? Correct, here in Miami, uh, 80 degrees uh, and beautiful. All right. Well, for those of you joining, let us know where you're joining from. Um, yeah, it's it's we've got a little bit of a temperature difference, but I think for me, because I've been here, it's I consider it warm. So I'm I'm very comfortable with it. And uh, so before we get into it, right before we get into the conversation about uh, animated video, con taking these complex concepts down, let's let's do our question of the week. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. And those of you who are watching, please put your answers in the comments. But what is something that you thought would be extremely difficult before you did it, right? You thought it was going to be extremely tough. And then you did it and you realized, hey, that that actually wasn't so bad. And you would say, you know what, I can I could do that again. So who wants to start? Mm. Not all. Aaron, feel free. All right, Aaron, let's hear it. Sure. So, um for me, um, in the, when I first started working for Simple Show and I had to explain complex topics and simplify them down to the core essentials, one of the, the parts that I was always worried about was the storytelling aspect. I think storytelling um, is a little bit, uh, it's, it's a little bit scary. It's, you know, I, I can't figure out a story, you know, that, that's relevant to this topic, but I think that it's actually much simpler after doing thousands of videos by now, um, I've realized that storytelling is actually pretty simple. You know, you just want to write in the, in the third person point of view um, and break things down um, by introducing a character and then, you know, and then and then how this this solution could really um, can really simplify the the the, um, the issue for the main character and then wrap it up with a conclusion. It's really just three parts. And it's something that I, I used to be very very intimidated by, by exactly yeah. what what I, I don't know if you know the stat but don't they say like every story like all stories or maybe it's all movies are based on it's just like a handful of of premises i think if maybe i'm wrong if somebody remembers but if you know it let me know um cool well all right so now you're a master storyteller and it wasn't so bad it's not so bad and i think not people so worry about that especially in this industry okay okay how about you paul so um, it was learning Spanish. Little boy from La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh, Norwegian parents and uh, grandparents. And uh, yeah, now I speak Spanish fluently. Lived cool. in Spain for eight years. And uh, at the beginning, it was a little tough, but uh, now it's... Uh, figured it out. Figured it out. Okay. Well, I, I won't say, you know, so I took Spanish in high school for a number of years and I, I did construction and used it a lot. I won't say it was easy for me. <laughs> I did yeah. not, I did not have your journey of, Hey, you know what? That wasn't so bad, but um, yeah, cool. Well, so mine, mine was this. So early in my career, um, I was always told that at some point you hit a certain level in your career where you have to choose between, you know, family and kind of your personal life and your professional life. I don't know. I don't know where that had started. I don't remember exactly who had started that, but I remember thinking that was going to be so difficult because I knew what I wanted to do with my career. And I was always kind of challenged with this. So how will I strike that balance? And you know what? I've actually not found it to be that hard as I've done it, right? Five kids, uh, a lovely wife. And honestly, I'm like, well, it's not, it's not actually that bad to balance the two. It's just about figuring it out. So that's the one that, uh, that I thought I wouldn't be able to crack. I thought that was going to be a challenge for me the rest of my life, but uh, mm -hmm. ended up not being so bad. Great. All right. So let's get into this. Uh, and to get things started, you know, I, Paul, we've talked about this very briefly. The history of Simple Show to me is, is fascinating, you know, how it got its start. So I'd love to hear it again. And I'm sure for other folks, you know, how did Simple Show, where, where did it come from? What was the concept behind it? 
Right. Well, Simple Show on our full service side started 12 years ago in Stuttgart, Germany, kind of came out of the depths of the recession. Um, and people just needed a simple way to communicate, right? Um, I could tell the story about our founders, uh, best band in Germany on MTV. It's kind of an interesting one, but I'm gonna jump uh, forward. That would be nine years, so three years ago, and really explain my simple show, which is yeah. the, the do-it-yourself software, uh, which is which is very interesting. Um, so we're simple show, we, we simplify things. So we wanted to create a tool that anyone anywhere from an eight-year-old to a subject matter expert uh, at whatever company uh, could develop their own video within, okay. within seconds, right? So we started out like everybody else did. We're like, okay, you know, we want people to first write your script, do your storyboard, and then produce the video. We got a focus group, put everybody in a room, and we're like, okay, go at it. Four hours later, nothing. Like one guy came away with something we were kind of like, oh, great, you get an extra bag of Fritos or whatever we were giving them, right? Like, oh, you did a pretty good job. But everybody else, it was really a disaster. We're like, wow, you know, we've been doing this for 12 years. We thought it was easy. So we let everyone go home. We got together. And then somebody came up with a brilliant idea of why don't we put everybody, bring back the focus group, okay. put them on G Drive so we can all watch them, give, some, give them some basic tips on how to tell a story, right? Okay. And then watch them write their story. And then we have our explanation experts on the back end, and they put the storyboard together for them, which okay. they didn't know. So they're done writing their script. Boom, they have a storyboard. And we're like, how do you like it? And everyone's like, great, awesome videos. Everyone gets an A, and it was awesome. Then came the hard part. We went to the tech team and we're like, okay, now we have to have an artificial intelligence or something develop the storyboard and develop the sound design and the voiceover and everything. And they're like, impossible. No way. Um, but three years later, uh, we did it. Um, winning awards from Google to, you know, to, to Coke. They're using the, the tool. And uh, it's, it's, you can literally create a video within seconds. Um, okay. Well, yeah. so that was one of the things, right? You know, so I've had a chance to play around with the tool that that was unique about it, right? It, it's it's definitely one of several things that I really thought was helpful was that ability to help help people through that process. So, you know, Aaron, on this one, for you cracking the storyboard, you know, going to telling compelling stories was easy. What did you see with those focus groups? Like, where where are some of the hurdles that people have when it comes to simplifying the complex or telling a story in a, in a powerful way. So we, we actually have um, like our five simple rules that we use as a foundation to really, uh, yeah. that we built this tool on and that we've um, on the full service side have been following these five simple rules to explain complex topics. So um, I think one of the things is, you know, changing the perspective uh, people struggle with changing their perspective and trying to um, see things from somebody else's shoes. Okay. Um, and that was really, you know, that, that was the, that's the first rule too. I mean, it's the first, uh, the first rule to becoming an expert, expert explainer is, you know, changing your perspective. And I think that's where people get hung up the most. Okay. Got it. So how do you, I mean, cause you have to, you have to run into a couple things and I'm curious how you, you tackle this. So the first one is having been in this space for a, a while, uh, you know, there's always the the mentality I think we run into sometimes where people go, well, this is just too complicated. This is just too complicated of a topic. It can't be simplified. How, how do you how do you tackle that? And have you run into situations where you said, you know what, you're right. You're right. This is way too complex. This has no business being simplified. Have you ever had that? Yeah, that, that happens all the time. I mean, uh, people come to us with that problem all the time. Okay. Um, there is no, um, there is no topic that's too complex. Uh, you, you just, haven't found one. You haven't found one that yet. You've gone, nope, that, nope, just too much. You just have to think outside the box sometimes, maybe okay. um, break things into smaller bits of information, um, short videos. I think everyone wants to cram all the, all the information into one video, but the longer the video is, the lot, the, the more disengaging it can be. So. Uh, you, you maybe you want to just break things down if you're talking about five steps of you know of uh, you know how to become an expert explainer. Maybe you want to do a short video on each step, um, and then one video that just you know that just kind of is like an introductory video, and then one that kind of wraps it up. So maybe break things up 
so that people could take them piece by piece and bite by bite, bite sized information. Okay. And in the in the L and D world, you know, it's it's gotten all sort of new terms, but I mean, it goes back to the original chunking, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about is saying maybe this is a really complicated concept or topic, but if we break it into digestible chunks, we can then simplify it in that sense. So it's not necessarily cramming everything into a six hour simple show video <laughs> as it is maybe breaking that into pieces. Exactly. That's why in the tool, we limit uh, the duration of the video to four minutes um, because we want to guide people in that direction. And I think even then people still try to, the users try to cram in extra information and they keep going back and forth. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's uh, best to just take a step back, uh, make sure you're not repeating any information and then breaking things down, maybe split it up into two or three or, or, or four or five short videos. Cause I think uh, the general um, viewer would really enjoy that experience much more. Okay. So that, that was actually going to be one of my next questions was inevitably sometimes when you're dealing with, with subject matter experts, Right. They, they just want to put so much information in. And that's where I was curious if if you've come to a, hey, here's a best practice for length. So you you capped it at four minutes. Um, how, how did you land on four minutes or what was kind of the thinking behind that? Well, um, Paul, you want me to take this one? You got it. You're the, you're the, you're the, <laughs> you're the creative guy. I know the answer, but you're the guy who came up with it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, actually, we, we usually recommend three minutes. Um, okay. minutes. All right. Is the best, but I mean, there is always, you know, a little tug and pull. Um, so we settled on, on four minutes, but um, we've done tons of studies and uh, and focus groups. And, you know, we found that the, the human brain uh, really, that's like, that's their, uh, that's the span that they have the most attention. Okay. In, so so ideally you're shooting for three minutes, even though the tool will let you do four the goal is to keep it around three for for attention purposes, and I think that's a that's probably a lesson we can all take away, regardless of what kind of content, especially video content that we're that we're looking at. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we like to say here we we keep things as simple as possible, but as complex as necessary, and we're constantly beating that into the subject matter experts ourselves, double checking the work. Um, because you're not going to get the learning effect you want if you get too complex. You'll, you'll just lose everyone. Okay. Got it. Got it. So then the other piece, you know, you talked about how you, this started as a full service piece and I, and I want to hit a little bit on kind of that journey you've been on without going too far into it, because I think this is one of the things that I've seen over my career is that sometimes there is that need to do a full service you know, thing where maybe there really is some nuance. And then other times it's like, Hey, we can do this in house. How do you help clients or how do you look at it to say, when does it make sense to go, you know what, we really need to do something completely separate, completely custom versus, Hey, you know what, this is something that you could use in a tool and you could do this quickly and rapidly. How do you help people make that decision? Yeah, I think either of us could answer this, but I'll take a stab, Aaron. Um, really, we ask them, you know, what their what their needs are, right? Um, the easy one is you need it tomorrow, like, <laughs> you know, and uh, which we can do on the full service tomorrow. Um, but why spend all, all that money if it's tomorrow? You're the subject matter expert. Uh, the only thing getting in the way of is creating the video, which anyone can do with my simple show. So they could have done it in a PowerPoint, okay. uh, they could have done it in an email, they could have done it face to face, but now they have a tool that allows them to do it in a video. So, so they can just decide themselves there. Okay. Um, you know, if it's, if it's evergreen, if it's a big audience, if you got the money in the bank, come and get the full service. Um, and, and we can do it for them. Uh, maybe they need 3D animation to, you know, describe the mechanism of action of a drug within the body. You know, you need the you need the experts. Um, but it's really that specific uh, person, whatever their needs are. And it's really good to be able to flow in between any of those and and just pick whatever is correct for the uh, for that moment. Okay. Well, and that was one of the things we had talked about when we were getting ready for this is the fact that, you know, having, having been in this space, it's, it's nice that you have the capability to do both, right? Because you, you may need that full service. You may not. Um, and, and going back to that evergreen 
piece, I think that's an important one. And right now, the current circumstance is currently an example of things where you have to think about what is the shelf life of some of this stuff? Because you do run the risk of right now, I think more than ever, there is this huge need for content um, in different things. Things keep popping up, but the longevity of the need of that content may not be there. And so how do you how do you balance you know, making sure that you're not investing a ton of time and resources into something that's just not going to not going to be sustainable? Yeah. So you you also you know on this topic uh, i know one of the things i wanted to share with people you've put a fair amount of work into some of the resources to help people with the content um needs right now can you tell me a little bit about how you know you as an organization have helped prioritize that for for the current situation so aaron or yeah. Also, are, are the, the videos. The videos. We- yeah, the videos you guys have put together for you know the COVID situation right now. Yeah. So we realize that you know there is so much information out there, and um, people are tuned into the news all the time. And there's just you know a lot of um, there's just a lot of content going left and right. So we wanted to use our expertise to really simplify things, um, focus on some on some pressing questions that people might have. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not a news outlet. We're not trying to uh, release any news, but you know, the facts that are coming out, um, you know, through through CDC and, and, and WHO, and then pressing needs that, that clients are having within their organizations of how to manage remote workers, um, you know, like what is social distancing? It's just a range, and these are just typical questions that people have. So rather than, you know, going from one site to the next and one, you know, um, watching the news and trying to figure out what's going on, we, we, we just decided that we could simplify some of that information just to uh, get it across in the best way possible. Okay. Well, and I think that's an important thing for people who are watching to note. I know I've been doing a lot of trying to help people think about the fact there are a lot of resources out there right now. And I think it's great the companies who are leaning in and producing some of this stuff for people to use so that we can focus our internal corporate resources on, you know, our employees at a more high touch level. So I think, you know, it's also a great opportunity to see how, how simple show, right. What that content can look like. So we'll, we'll share that with folks um, so that you can take a look at that and go through that. But the other thing that I want to kind of take a pivot and go back to, to get into this a little bit is in, in the L and D space, there, there can sometimes be a little bit of an argument about, you know, how comfortable are we with subject matter experts creating content? And I've seen this go really well, and I've seen it go really poorly. And I think somewhere it's in the middle because at the end of the day, we do need our subject matter experts from the volume of scale and just their expertise. We definitely need them. But at the same time, sometimes it can be perceived some of these new tools as a threat to our role in L&D. So how how do you balance that? Do you do you just hand over the keys to subject matter experts and say go nuts? Um, what is L and D's role in some of these you know automated tools? Yeah, I mean, really, it's you know, subject matter experts have been utilizing PowerPoints and so many other forms of communication. So you know that's not going to stop, and that shouldn't stop. I really think it's within the organization. Obviously, if you start getting uh, some smoke signals that, uh, you know, an SME is just delivering a 150 page PowerPoint every time, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it might even be time on the full service side to bring us in. Um, yeah. I'm always amazed. I always think it's because of our simplification. Uh, we make awesome videos, but a lot of our clients say, no, we just love your project managers be able to manage Interesting. subject matter expert, you know? we really have the luxury of being outside of the organization and be bold enough to be able to ask certain questions, um, kind of have that little tension moment of going back and forth that we really need to include those 50 points, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we always kind of come out on the, on the winning end there. The client always makes the final decision, but, but we do so, um, but, but we do, you know, usually win because they understand in a video that, that we are able to, communicate in, in a shorter amount of time. Um, a, an interesting little tidbit too, just utilizing video. So in a well-produced one minute video, uh, you can deliver 1.8 million words of text. 
Um, so, you know, we've taken things for Novartis, which we just did. They ended up doing it in a video first. It was a 60 minute video. We reduced it to eight minutes. On top of that, what we also did is chunked it like you were using yep. in an interactive module. So it's like, look at like you come to a website. Now we've done about a minute and a half little videos. It was on clinical trials okay. to conduct them correctly. And so somebody could then the learner could go directly to that point and okay. go, Hey, I just need to know about clinical learning on, on the third, on the third point. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a tightrope with uh, the subject matter experts and um, it's something I think all organizations deal with. So with, so with that one, let's use that as a case study, right? And we, we don't necessarily have to dig into the super guts of that one. But I think going back to the point of L&D sometimes is looking at, so what is my role? Where do I play in that? You know, in projects like that, I, I actually really see learning and development becoming moving more towards a consultative capability, even internally. And so I'm curious when you see projects like that, how is L&D involved? You know, how do they partner with you and then the subject matter experts and, and what role do they play in that? You know, so you obviously got to the end game. How did L&D partner with that? Hmm. Curious. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. This one. so um, you're saying L&D from, from the organization side. With right. Like, I'm just curious, typically, what do you see? Do you see businesses reach out or, you know, partner with you and they say, hey, we, we, this is just a business function doing this? Is L&D playing a role in that? And if they do, what role is that? So, yeah, what we always say on our briefing calls, once it gets, you know, a project comes over to the full to the uh, full service side is um, this is a collaborative effort. Right. Okay. We're learning this for the first time. So we're uniquely positioned to explain it as simply as possible because we have to learn it. Right. We're not subject matter experts. And the L&D professional is there to kind of facilitate that collaboration on their end. And we have a project manager on our end, too, who, you know, so we we have a very fluid communication going on. Um, but there are points where, you know, we have to, you know, ask the subject matter expert to further simplify something or to to help us learn, you know, how, how we could explain it in the best way possible, right? Okay. So they're, they're kind of the facilitators of, you know, of our collaboration together. And, um, and I think that's a really important role, right? Like almost the glue in between it. Yeah, instead of, you know, just allowing the subject matter experts to put all that information in there, right? So the lear learning um, L&D expert on the other end is, you know, th they need to understand that, you know, we're, we're talking to a large audience and they might not understand all this terminology or um, understand molecular biology or something like that. Um, salespeople typically don't. And if you're like, for example, if you're explaining something very complex to a sales audience, you know, it's important for them to, you know, maybe step in once in a while and just, you know, and just put things into perspective a little bit. Okay. Got it. So let's, I, I'm curious, we're, you know, we're talking about, right, there's, there's simple show, the full service, and then there's my simple show. And one of the things, Paul, you talked about earlier was with my simple show, the automation behind, behind the tool and, you know, how this was taking it from, okay, you're manually doing all this stuff to, to the machines are doing a lot of this stuff. You, you said at the beginning, the, the development team was like, no, we, it's not going to happen. Tell me a little bit more about that journey and how, how you managed to take it from there's no way to, hey, you know what? It, it is working. And how does that work? Right, right. So, um, you know, we were deciding, do we bring the tech guy that developed this or we bring us and, you know, we didn't bring him. Um, he could, don't worry, we don't have to go into the AI algorithms. I promise. Yeah, I Yeah, okay. Exactly. Machine <laughs> learning. I was brushing up on that before. Um, but right, what we utilize is our artificial intelligence. Okay. So the most important thing that you need to do to communicate to somebody is you need to what the machine needed to learn or the artificial intelligence needed to learn was how does a human speak? And it needed to be able to pick out the most important keywords of each sentence. Okay. So once we could do that, that was the biggest hurdle that we needed to overcome. So right now somebody's typing and literally in seconds, um, the artificial intelligence selects the keyword, then it places an image against the keyword. 
So it's the most one of the most fundamental things that your audience needs to learn is now in an image. Yeah. You know, an, an image, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. You know, the human brain processes an image 60,000 times faster than text. So that's the fundamental core that we needed to overcome. Okay. And, and then it was kind of off to the races. Um, we did have to utilize a couple other things. Oh, this was interesting because this didn't come in until the very end. Um, we needed to link it to Wikipedia data because computer doesn't know, for example, the difference between Santa Barbara, California, and maybe, you know, the Saint Barbara. So, you know, at first it was pulling up a cross. And uh, once we got over that hurdle of li linking it to Wikipedia data, which is just awesome, it was, it was, you know, it improved it about 25%. And it's just, you know, okay. kind of history. Interesting. Okay. So it's, and, and without getting too technical, so it, you actually were training your algorithms to look at the text, identify, Hey, what out of all this stuff, what are the most important words? And then let's, let's use a visual to help really reinforce that, which I can tell you. And, and, you know, Aaron, I'd like your take on this. I, from a designer standpoint, that's actually a lot more work than I think people sometimes realize, you know, coming up with a creative element that that displays, hey, this is what I'm talking about. Here's a visual that does that. It's not as easy as that would probably be one of the things that if we were to reverse the question from this morning, it would be what was something you thought would be really easy that ended up being more difficult than you thought. To me, that's one of them. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, we've been writing our um, our scripts like this uh, since the beginning, before the tool was created. So we've been locating those keywords and then having those keywords illustrated. So, you know, uh, with, with Simple Show, it's, you know, simple images brought into the screen by hand models. And that's cued by the voiceover and the keywords. So it's, you know, the keyword links to simple images. But we've been collecting all that data. We have a database of uh, 20 to 30,000 illustrations that we've for all of our videos and they're all linked to keywords so all that data of the experts um, finding these keywords and um, and illustrating them that's all linked to my simple show as well so it's it's also tapping into all the work that we've done in the past okay so one of the questions is that came because what the before I get to this other question that's an important piece right because I think sometimes I've I've seen tools in the past where that that data and the the stuff isn't there and so it feels very clunky right you go through it and you're like well wow that wasn't really even remotely close to what i was trying to get at and so i think your experience and, and data behind that probably makes a big difference um but one of the questions renee asked and, I, and i'm gonna try and get my take my best stab at what i think she's asking about it is being able to link to other resources i think one of the challenges sometimes with with these tools that take care of things is there's still that human component where you look at it and go, that's not quite right. That's not exactly how I would have framed that up. How does it work? You know, when that happens where maybe the, the machine didn't pick the right visual or you go, I want to, I want to tweak it or there's too many. Yeah, that, that's super simple. You just click once on the image and okay. it will give you a multitude of other images that are similar or if the artificial intelligence still isn't getting it, there's like, I guess you could say a little Google search bar that you put in and, and then you can pull up, you know, some of the other 20,000 images. Okay. Um, and, and that's another great thing. So the artificial intelligence, we have over four, 450,000, it's going up about, about a thousand a day, right? 450,000 users. So if, the artificial intelligence gets it wrong, the human corrects it, and then the artificial intelligence learns from that. Okay, so you actually have machine learning learning from when it does things, how close were we so that it can then get better at it over time. Yeah, exactly, and it's exponentially. The more people that sign up, it's just like three people in our back office correcting that for us right now. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I was curious if you had machine learning tapped into it. I mean, artificial intelligence is a big, broad spectrum. But it sounds like you know, you're, you're dealing both with NLP and machine learning in what you're doing with it. Which your technical guy's not here, so don't worry. I won't. I won't <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we've we've been talking about it quite a bit. You know, Paul. I know we talked about 
actually showing it. And I think I'll have some some follow-up questions as we go through it. Do you have it queued up? Is it something we can take a look yeah, at? It's, uh, oh, wait. No, no. Nope, different. that was your camera. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I use Zoom. So we'll see how this works, everyone. All right. Pressure. You guys see my screen? Yep. We're going Inception there. All right. <laughs> so you guys see all right. So here's my simple show. So let's just kick off and start creating a, a video. Um, you know, Christopher, you could stop me as, as we go along here, but I think it might be fun just to do one super quickly. Yeah, let's do one super quick and then we can go back potentially and talk through it. Okay, so you can just upload a PowerPoint and it will spit out a video on the other end. Or you could write your own script. Why don't we do that one? Because it's a little bit more interactive here. So we can do Christopher Day. I guess I could have written that in Spanish for you, right? <laughs> it would have given me a chance to bring it back. So, <laughs> um, so we got a whole bunch of different templates here. You could do, uh, you know, whatever. Let's do introduce your company. Here are all the tips and tricks on, you know, how to how to write something. Um, but we're just going to take what we have written over here so that we can do it quickly. And as you can see, there are a couple of examples. So it really, it's very helpful. We have all these okay. different templates, right, for, for different situations and then different examples for that situation. So there's a lot of guidance built within uh, the, built okay. the tool. Okay, so here's, here's the hard part, right? This is where the artificial intelligence is working and it's developing the storyboard, which was the biggest stumbling block when we had our human beings try to do this, right? This okay. is time intensive, you know, even an instructional designer that yeah. creates videos for, for life, they, they see this and like, oh my God, you do the storyboard for us. So this is awesome. So they're, they're buying it left and right. Um, but now we can just play the video here and uh, we'll see how it looks. Um, I think maybe I should do this. Um, We'll play the video and see how it looks, and then we can modify it if we okay. want. Okay, perfect. And then I think we'll be able to kind of talk through as we go. Okay. Cast off. Boat sharing with anchors away. We from anchors away have a great vision. Sailing for everyone, even for those without a boat. Easy, environmentally and socially friendly, like car sharing. With an easy to handle, self-designed yacht, we began realizing this vision in 2006. This is when we founded Anchors Away at Lake Snowbirds in Canada and started our idea of boat sharing. Now 10 years later, Anchors Away shares 26 yachts in 24 locations on Canadian lakes. More than 20 employees work in sharing, training, and event divisions. Whether as individual customers or at large sailing events, more than 1,200 members already trust Anchors Away and more join them every year. We will be happy to welcome you. Cool. So let's 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 break this down because there's a couple questions coming in, and then I, I'd like to kind of talk through just this process stuff because one of the inevitable questions that came up, and it was one we we hit on a little bit earlier from Stephen, was you know, does this replace the role of the instructional designer? And mm. um, you know, I'll, you answer first, and then I'll and I'll give my personal perspective on that. Yeah, Aaron, I don't know if you want to go or I go on that one, but Paul, um, oh, you could go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, a absolutely not. Uh, one thing the instructional designer can utilize this tool. As a matter of fact, it was the lowest hanging fruit and that's who, who bought this first, even though it wasn't, it was designed for the everyday person, right? Um, you know, you still need somebody to write the script. You still need to um, build that correctly, have the knowledge. Um, just, Everything yeah. no, right? <laughs> well, and I think, and I think oh, go ahead, Paul or Aaron. I wanted to just fill in and, and just tie back what I was saying earlier about um, you know, the 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 
the instructional designer, you know, is very important in, you know, facilitating the information and making sure that it gets across to the audience in the right way. You know, I think subject matter experts might want to put everything in there and an instructional designer, you know, I think would really help build this, you know, in, in the best way possible for, for okay. the and, and, you know, as I look at it, because I've, I've led teams before where we've started treading in some of these tools that can, it can feel a little threatening, like, whoa, this thing just in 30 seconds pumped out something automatically by a machine that w- would have normally been something I would have been involved with. And, you know, as I've looked at it and have, have worked with my teams on it is that it's not, it's not replacing you. It might be changing your role. A little bit, you know, you you may be moving to a more consultative role so that you can spend more time on the higher order things that you really have an expertise in. Your expertise isn't necessarily your ability to physically plop visuals into a thing. Your expertise is in coaching and crafting, you know, the way that structure happens. And so to me, this opens up opportunity for instructional designers and learning professionals to spend more time on that higher order stuff because they don't have to get caught in the weeds and the tactical stuff of this. And I think that's the part that can feel a little bit uncomfortable at first. But to me personally, through my own personal experience, the, the, the more you can automate some of this tactical stuff, one, the more time you have to spend on that. And two, the more you can do. I mean, I just think about the ability to, I, I, I'm excited about automation for what we do because of the fact that, hey, you know what? We used to be able to do one thing. Now we can do 10 things. And that's that's a gift to our employees and to our organizations that we wouldn't have been able to do if we were still stuck in the weeds. Definitely. So yeah. so one of the other questions, and I'm curious on this one, um, somebody asked what languages. So for some of those automated pieces, are there languages that, and we will go back to it. So let's chat for a little bit and then we can go back to the tool. Okay, um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen so I don't drive everyone. <laughs> what, are, are there other languages? Obviously you did the, the auto voice and that was in English. Are there other languages that can be done? Yep, so you can also do it in German. Uh, and then the other thing what you can do is um, you can do your own voice over here. People are doing these in in 30 languages, you know, any multinational company, um, you can do it in uh, 30 different languages. So they send it to their local country, whatever you send it to Japan, and that team will will do it there. Um, Also, you can have subtitles. So you could just, you know, put in subtitles of uh, another language. Okay. And the subtitles can be done in the tool? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I can show you. Super simple. Okay. Yeah, and the, the recording of the voiceover is extremely simple too, and it's broken down. It gives you um, tips on how to pace the video correctly so that you don't throw off the timing of the images as well. Okay. And you do it right there in the tool. I mean, of course, you're using the, the speakers from your computer. So, um, you know, it might not be be professional, but you could also download um, and, and insert um, voiceovers, professional voiceovers fairly, fairly okay. simply. So flexible in that stand because we I've heard this one before too where it's you know it's one of those well when do you use professional voiceover the AI one actually I was in a conversation the other day and I really thought differently about it after that that that's less of a permanent solution but more of a hey let's look at the timing of how many words and how the visuals fit so you can listen and hear how this is going to flow then you can replace it with with actual voiceover or with with your narration so. Let, let's talk through that process because you, you showed the tool. And for those of you who didn't see it, you can you can rewind and watch later unless you want to pull it up. But so in the beginning, you can do the script writing or you can import from PowerPoint. Now, if you're importing from PowerPoint, it's not pulling. Is it pulling your images in or is it just pulling in the text? It just pulls in the text and then it gives an image from that database of 20,000. Okay. And then if you wanted to like, no, I need this specific image, um, you just grab it from the PowerPoint, you upload it, it's super simple. I can show you how to do it. It's, you know, one click and it pops it right into that exact scene over that exact word that you want it to. Okay, so do you you wanna pull it up? Cause there was one other thing I just, or there's a few other things I thought would be worth just talking through as we go through it. Yeah. Um, Let me pull you back into the feed here. So can you start a new one? Real quick. Yep. Because with the creation, so the PowerPoint makes sense. It's pulling in the text. But if you go through just the create a new video 
and hit hit the you know name it whatever so writing your own script so that's the english go ahead and come up with a creative name <laughs> so with this it's you have some when you pick one of these storylines how is that changing what it's actually taking you to next it's obviously you've created some templates like hey here's a here's a general type of thing what's tweaked based on what you're selecting we don't need to go through every one mm -hmm. yeah it, it's really more to guide what you're speaking about okay um so really what's going to come out the other end is the same you'll you'll see everything the same there's scenes there's it will put the storyboard together for you and everything um um, yeah, it's but just like pick, go ahead and just grab one. And like, so if I pick communicate your company guidelines versus introduce your company, is it just changing the sample language and things like that? Is it changing the overall structure? What, what tweaks on that? It, it does. So it will tell you how to write your story differently. Um, it will have maybe, you know, um, so it will start with a title and then it goes back into the background give a short introduction that explains the motivation behind the guidelines. Okay. Right. It, th this is really important also. And this is kind of the human aspect that we brought into it um, because subject matter experts or anyone, they might not know how to write a simple, effective story. And so that this, I, so I kind of stand corrected. This is the most important thing that would change. Okay. So that's, and that's what I was curious about having played around with it was you know, when you're in there, it's basically trying to, and this is something I think is unique about it is you're taking your expertise in, well, Aaron's expertise, right? Master storyteller. You're taking your expertise and your team's expertise and saying, Hey, this is our best practices on how to tell these types of stories. Let's give you the guidance on how do you tell this type of store story. And then let's step you through the different steps of the process and give you some, some examples of how to do that so that they're not just going blank, correct? Correct. And I think since this is something that has never existed on the market before, we had to put extra effort into that. So not only do we have that here where you can just, you know, kind of self tutelage, um, but we have customer success managers that are there from day one to, you know, so year contract to the end, which are there all day long to help people be able to tell a story. Um, Aaron was referencing before we have the five simple rule, uh, the five rules of being an explanation expert. So we have workshops to become an explanation expert. Anyone can call us in the heat of the moment like, hey, I'm having a little problem with this. I'm writing too much. I don't know what to prioritize, what to put in, what not to put in. That person will be there for you on the human side to, to help train you. Um, the interesting thing, people are coming back to us and saying, you know, I can write more effective email. You know, I can, I can ask my- so The ripple effect. The ripple effect, absolutely. Um, I, I can ask my husband to take out the garbage and he understands me now. And he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're revolutionary. It's a marriage counseling tool, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We still just can't, you know, mend a broken heart. But uh, yeah, we can do a lot of other stuff okay. here. Okay. So almost in the sense, to some degree, by going through this, it's actually helping upskill people in storytelling. I mean, you're taking your expertise in storytelling and democratizing it to help people tell compelling stories through the tool. So they're actually putting it into action as they're doing it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, I know personally myself, I've been here six years and, and I'm just a much more effective communicator, especially in writing. Um, and, uh, and those are things that we really strive to, we've kind of opened up everything, every secret that we had, which, you know, really 12 years ago, you kind of held everything to your chest, right. Christopher, right. right? And now in this day and age, really even what you're doing, you know, people have podcasts, everyone is, you, you have to give up your trade secrets to everyone. It has to be a little give and take here. And we've really taken that to heart. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to just teach everyone that they can do it themselves. And hey, if you need us on the full service side, we're there. Great. Uh, Great. You're there if they need the additional help. But if not, we're going to take our expertise and we're going to help you be able to do it on your own. 
Okay. So let's go go back to the the other one you created before. So right, we've seen that. So you can you can technically right be guided through these different stories. Um, one other question that came through is, you know, from a template standpoint, is that something, you know, are there templates? Can you create your own? You know, if you create a similar type video over and over and over, um, you know, are there ways to do that that make it easy? Um, what was the question exactly? I'm sorry. Like you, like, can you create a template? Like, let's say you make a similar type thing over and over. Is there a way to re reuse or kind of repurpose existing oh. stuff? Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, the um, so yes, one of the very cool things about this is a collaboration. Okay. So anyone around the world you can share this with. So say you're the um, you're the instructional designer and you're developing this. The the subject matter expert can be in Taipei uh, and looking at this and making little comments on okay. on you know what to do or not to do here. Uh, you can also copy it deliver it to them so that they can start editing it and doing it on their own. Um, you can download it. You can do whatever you want with it. Right. Um, yeah. So you have the ability for subject matter experts to collaborate with you. It's not just you're in, you're in your silo creating it. You have the ability to collect and, and gather feedback from others along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. So looking at this one, oh, go ahead, Aaron. You create like a, a, a story or a video about a, a process here, you know, in the States, but you have other departments, right? That could be your template process and then they could collaborate, make their own. It's not going to delete the video that you have. So you could duplicate them. So you could basically create okay. your own templates. Yeah. Okay. So the best way to do it, you're saying if, if it's a, like you said, a good case study, an example would be, we have this process this is how we operate in the U S and then we're going to apply this to the EU or the ASEAN region. You'd say, let's make a duplicate of this. Then we can go in, we can tailor it, we can tweak it um, without disrupting your U S version of it uh, so that it can be then used globally. Absolutely. And if there's like three steps of the process, but the third step is only one that might differ in, in a different region, then they could just change that one step and they don't have to redo the whole thing. All okay. Okay. So I've got, I've got some questions on the content management side of it, but before we get into that, so with this, right? So this was the one AI did everything and mm. poof, here was the script. Bam, here's your visuals. Let's say you go, you know what? I don't, I don't like that boat. That boat isn't what really what I was going at. How would you then tweak it if you needed to? Yeah. So uh, we can just go down, you know, for here, we could have done the boat, but here it just pops up automatically a whole bunch more images. So, so the computer is also telling you, Hey, maybe these are all right. So I just click on them. You want something a little bit more modern or, or something else. And I'm looking down below, that's the script, right? And you're seeing the, the green ones are the ones that the, the AI has highlighted as these are the key words that we've identified. Exactly. So this is the car sharing. Okay. So that's the keyword exactly. This is the entire script. Uh, so then it, you know, it picks one, and we say, "Hey, this is a little bit more modern and cooler." Um, but still, I wasn't, you know, I was, um, you know, maybe sharing was a little bit more. I don't know. This, I'm gonna get a little crazy here. You know, caring. Okay. What they really wanted to say is that we care. So you just this is what kind of that Google search bar that I was telling you about um, that you could just search and find something in the 20,000 uh, illustrations that we have in there. Okay. And I see the uploads there. So, or text, if you wanted to, if you wanted to use a text yeah. representation or your own custom image, maybe you had something done um, with that. The one question I have with this. So, so let's say I'm looking at the script there and I'm seeing it picked anchors, great vision, sailing boat, car sharing. What if, what if it was like, that's actually not the keyword. That's not the keyword that we want. And is it, is that telling you when it's timing it? Uh, yes, it goes along here and say you, um, you, you can take that out. So it's not the keyword anymore. Okay. It's always, it's super simple. It's one click and boom, it's there. But let's say, uh, you say, oh, but, uh, artificial intelligence, you forgot that environmentally is very important too. So you click on that and it will give us another one and it gives us, you know, a leaf or it could give okay. us a tree, whatever you think is good for environmentally. So how do you, so with this, do you have any guidance or recommendations on some of these things? Because what I can see is the potential for 
you know, people think every word is really important. And suddenly you've got 96 images on the screen and it turns into just wow overload. You know, do you have recommendations or guidelines on how you say, hey, this is how to do it well so that you don't end up with just a chunk of the video that just feels like you're just being attacked? Yeah. So, so on the full service side, we're there, the humans. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Within this service, you know, we can't be with looking over 450,000 people's shoulder. So what we do is we, we limit the technology. So all you can put are seven images here. Okay. So um, technically we could unflick that switch and you could put hundreds of images in here, but it will only allow you to do that. Um, also with the text, we limit like here you can only put um i think it's you know whatever a hundred words or something okay and uh you you're capping it right kind of like the four minutes thing it's like okay we, we we know that we want to at least mitigate the risk of it going too far so we'll just use the tech to cap some of these things so that that doesn't happen it, exactly exactly and we'll get those subject matter experts hey we want to do this we want to have a longer video or whatever and then we explain what we're trying to do and everybody really understands uh that oh thank you for helping me especially christopher when they're done with the video because okay. you watch a video these days you watch a four minute video you're like like aaron said it's three minutes you know you're long, pretty, right like <laughs> like good grief yeah yeah i mean you know, i think we're like itching towards two and a half minutes nowadays, but um, that's my, my recommendation. But um, yeah, people still want to maximize that four minutes. And uh, I, on the client side, I've seen, um, I've seen people that we work with where they're like, everything's, you know, needs to be in there. Everything needs to be in there. And then we deliver the video that's three and a half, three, three. And they go, this is way too much. They're like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I think we could reduce it. We could cut some stuff out and then they come back to us and, you know, we do that without a problem. So. Okay. So as for the voices, um, you know, when you look at that, so I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else, you know, here, but I, I, I think it's like, like you said, you talked about the fact that the storyboarding is extremely helpful because you can see, all right, here's a block, here's a storyboard, here's what's happening. Here's the text, here's the visuals, here's the next block. And so you can kind of walk your way through it. Um, and then, okay, so here's, so there's some prefab voices in there, correct? Right. So this is all, you know, uh, the voices from Alexa technology. Um, you could grab all the. Hey, ones. let me be the voice of your simple show clip, and Wait, I will. I've got to say that the AI voices—they've still got a ways to go. I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do, and we're buying the best in the industry, and you know, and this is what it is. But what you can do, um, you can record your own voice, which okay. is super simple. If you've ever done karaoke, so I could do two quick scenes here if you'd like. Okay. And that's right. boat sharing with anchors away. Okay. The awesome thing here is usually you would have to, oh, I hope it wasn't listening to me there. Probably was. It's um, <laughs> well, that's if you're doing it in the tool, if you're just going step by step and saying, all right, I'm just going to narrate this myself versus using, you know, audio. Yeah. So you, you just do it and you do not have to do the entire video, which tell me other places you have to, and it's impossible because you mess up on one word and you're like, okay, I, got, I can't believe I got to go back. So it goes scene by scene. I'll just do one more scene and we'll play it and see what it sounds like. We from Anchors Away have a great vision, sailing for everyone, even for those without a boat, easily, environmentally, and socially friendly, like car sharing. So with that, I'm 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 watching the I'm watching the thing you know kind of crawl along too. It's is that trying to help them also pace themselves because obviously everybody speaks at different paces mm -hmm. and that can be a really bad thing because you might get somebody who just rockets through it. Is that designed to help kind of again guide the user to say, here's how you should talk to I ideally hit the right pace? Exactly, just like karaoke. At, okay. you know, 2 a.m. in some uh, Japanese. Bar. Oh, that's what you were getting at when you said the karaoke. Okay, before yeah. I was, now I get it. That makes sense. Okay. You can also adjust the pace of the video if you want a faster paced video or slower paced video. So we have it like kind of right in the middle here. This is you know based off off um, typical uh, voiceover um, speaks at 135 spoken words per minute. So that's that's what this is based off of. But you can adjust the speed to be a little slower, a little bit faster. Um, over there on the right. Okay. Okay. 
And um, so, so with that, then I'm just looking at this. So part of what you're doing is really also guiding people through the instructional process, right? You're, you're guiding them through the instructional process of really you're taking it from a draft, getting the script in place, making sure they've kind of structured that. Then you're actually laying out the visuals, having them kind of validate that. And then the finalize is where you're actually kind of putting the finishing touches from a you know, whatever, whether it's the music, the volume, all that other stuff. And with with the speaking and the music, can you do both, right? Can you have kind of like something in the background with somebody talking over it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you can. Uh, we have different music here. So um, or you want to upload your own stuff, you could upload your own stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. You can, everything's customizable. You can, you know, just one click here, boom, you upload your watermark and now it's changed it to everyone. Okay. You know, now it's learning tech talks, boom, in one. <laughs> my logo all over things. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Got it. So that, that gets to one of the questions that came in, in terms of brandable, you know, you're able to brand and kind of make these things look and feel like your organization's or your team department, things like that. Absolutely. I hope uh, nobody gets coke can't get mad, right? It's good for them to uh, have <laughs> a royalty for it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most expensive uh, interview I've ever had. Yeah, right. Yeah, right there. You know, it's just one click away. Okay. And then in terms of some of the visuals, you know, some of the questions coming in are about, you know, the visuals, are they, are they, all black and white like that, you know, or what kind of library are you pulling from? Yep. So it's, it's all black and white and that's done on purpose. Um, okay. It's much easier for the human eye, less distracting. 99.9% .9 of our clients are in the corporate world and they're not there to, you know, you know, do something different, but let's say, you know, Coke wants their color. So you can put the hexavalent okay. in there exactly C4 or whatever. You can pick different colors. You can upload anything you want. Like just like I was doing here um, for the illustrations, you can upload. Yeah, if you wanted to change, you could put your own things. It's interesting you bring that up though about the you bring it up about the simplicity of two tone, right? Whether it's whether it's black, you know, with a white background or red on a white background, versus you know having thirty eight different colors in the images. Um, so it sounds like that was an intentional decision to say let's let's keep this as simple as possible to reduce the load on the learner to have to process information that's really not relevant to the story. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. okay. And then you can change the hands. You can change the hands. So different ethnicities here, they would be okay. real hands. And those uh, are the hands coming in going like, whoosh, yeah. grabbing the, grabbing the yeah. stuff. Exactly. Okay. And then you can do no hands. Okay. And that's, these are, these are brand new. This was just done January 1st of this year. And uh, so it mixes it up a little bit. So the three hands, does that mean three hands come in or it's just rotating? It's three different uh, ethnicities' hands. All so at once? Uh, in different scenes. Okay, okay. So it's mixing it up. Okay, that's that's helpful. Because I was like, wait, do three perfect. hands just like magically come out and, you know, got it, got it. That makes perfect sense. So just to really diversify, to show the diversity of an organization to say, hey, it's different people coming in and pulling these things off. Okay. Um, well, you know, this is, it's been helpful. I think this is one of the few episodes where we've really dug into the tool itself, which, you know, from, from the number of comments we've got and the, the questions that people are, are asking, I think this was extremely helpful to do that, um, to, to go into more detail around it. And I think we can, we can go back to the three of us here. Um, but I really appreciate the time. I think it's, it's been very cool to see the ins and outs of the tools and how you've, how you've been able to use technology not to replace, right? Again, I think this goes back to a lot of the conversations I have with people. It's not that technology is a threat to what we do or the way we do it. it it's it's changing it. So I guess it's a threat to the way we do it, but in, in a positive way that allows us to do more with less, allows us to be more efficient and focus on the bigger things. So this has been this has been extremely helpful. I think the audience has appreciated. I appreciate the time. Both of you braved going into the office today. So uh, that was the other that was the other big move. Yeah, we're, we're far apart, everyone. We are very, very, very far apart here. <laughs> Opposite ends of the building. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, I appreciate the time. Um, I, I thank you for for being here. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, hopefully, we got your questions answered. If not, we will go back and respond. And I know uh, the Simple Show team has been watching the comments as well. But uh, if people are curious about it, what, what do they, you know, what do they do? Yeah, they can, you know, come to our websites, uh, Simple Show or or My Simple Show, um, and they can reach out to us and we'll give them free demos. We really want to, with all this craziness that is going around, um, we're offering on the full service side, anybody who is really in trouble here, we can produce a free video for them. Uh, we can offer, we've offered free My Simple Show software to press around the world. Uh, and we can also do that to companies if they're, they are in need. Um, and and then we can, you know, we can start a dialogue. So, but uh, simpleshow.com is probably the best way to reach out to us. Yeah. And then you can get a chance to get firsthand experience with it. So, yeah. I guess I can put my email in there just in case he's <laughs> dying to talk to me. Yeah, in case they're like, you know what, that conversation with Paul just wasn't enough. I want to, I want to have another one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There All right. Go. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for, thanks for watching. Thanks for being here, Paul and Aaron, um, for your time and, and everybody out there, you know, stay distanced, but don't stay isolated and uh, stay safe. Have a great weekend.